For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. It's time to awaken an entire nation. I'll be a dog till I die. Between the hedges, look it fly. 90,000 in the stands, I'ma do my dance, make it look fine. Coach, put me in the game. UGA, yeah, the name. Yeah, the offense gonna turn up, but the defense gonna win us the game. Here's your host, Corey Burton. Welcome into another edition of the Believe in Georgia Dogs podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcasting network for professionals. I'm your host, Corey Burton. Joining me for round two, Israel Troop. Israel, how you doing? I'm doing good. How about you? Man, I'm I'm great, man. Uh, well, we got your we got your backstory, and we talked a little. We reminisced a little last time we talked, but you know uh, the SEC kicks off in two days, so let's. Uh, Let's preview some games. Let's make some picks, and uh, let's have fun with this thing, man. But uh, before we get into that, uh, Israel, you're a high school coach at Valwood uh, High School down in is it Valdosta? And uh, you guys have a game tomorrow night. Yes, Who do y'all Valdosta, play? Uh-huh. Who do y'all play tomorrow night? Yes, we play uh, Bakerton Charter tomorrow night. Um, right here at home. I'm expecting a big crowd tomorrow night. Everybody excited about football, so it should be a good game tomorrow. Good deal. Yeah, we were talking off off air, and uh, you know. Uh, it'll be a good bounce back game for you. Uh, sounds like you had a good week of practice. Yes, we had a great week of practice this week. Uh, the kids were excited to get back. You know, after a devastating loss last week, I realized we we didn't play our best. Uh, too many turnovers, too many missed assignments. But you know, this week the kids been locked in, so I think it's going to be I think it's going to be fun to watch tomorrow night. Yeah, we're finally back. Uh, Metro Nashville Public Schools has been cleared to play. Uh, we open up the season against McGavick at home. Uh, of course, no fans, but we will be streaming live on YouTube. So um, go to Metro Nashville Public Schools' YouTube page, and you can find our game um, and NFHS. I think our game will be live on that. So um, you can check us out, too. We, we had a we had an okay week of practice. We're kind of in that weird, um, you know, it's the tail end of a, a training camp that has lasted way too long, and uh, we're just tired of practice against each other so and it showed a little bit yesterday but hopefully we'll bounce yeah. back hopefully we'll be ready for for a new opponent oh yeah most definitely you know that's what our kids we were chopping at the bit to go because you know the defense has figured out what you're going to do the offense knows the defense going to do so it gets kind of boring after a while mm-hmm. 
Um, so now that you're playing another opponent, it makes it a little bit more fun. Absolutely. Well, uh, this show is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at BetOnline. Um, I know the SEC odds are out. The point spreads are absolutely insane uh, for these conference games. I know Vandy's a 30-point underdog, um, and I think Arkansas is a 26-point underdog. Uh, Florida is a 14.5-point favorite. I mean, some of these spreads are – you know, for for it being week one, are pretty crazy. Do you, do you think are you gonna maybe take some action on this, or what do you think about these spreads? I'm surprised that all these spreads are so high. You know, I understand that these um schools are playing, you know, for the first time, and um they don't know what they have. But at the same time, I think I think it's a little bit disrespectful. You know, you got these people at 25.100 dogs, um, but I think these the kids will be excited. You know, it's fine. They finally get the place. So. Um, it should be fun to watch. Yes, it absolutely should be fun to watch. Um, if you're if you're thinking about picking, pick some underdogs. So for game spreads, totals to team and player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. For me, I love blackjack. So head to BetOnline.ag today. Take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. So, uh, Israel, got a, a big game coming up. Travel to Fayetteville, Arkansas, uh, 4 o'clock kickoff Eastern time uh, against the Hogs of Arkansas. Uh, earlier I had Kyle Sutherland on. We, we kind of did a deep dive into what Arkansas has. Uh, what stands out about this Razorback team to you? Um, the fact that Sam Pittman's there. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, He was a great coach for us. So, you know, the O-line is going to be very, very good. Um and, you know, just – I think Felipe Franks is there too, if I'm not mistaken. I think he he's got getting the starting night for them. So, um, I'm expecting a great game, a great game, especially in the trenches. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, they have four guys coming – they have four starters coming back on the offensive line. Uh, whatever that means, uh, last year they weren't very good, but uh, that could have been a lot of scheme issues. But, you know, they have um, – you know, they have a lot of stuff coming back on the offensive line, uh, led by Myron Cunningham as offensive tackle. And, of course, you know, their run game is going to be special. You have Rakeem Boyd. I think he was one of the leading rushers in the conference last year uh, for a really bad team. So just think if they bolster that run game, what what could be what could happen there? Most definitely. And they have a quarterback now who can pass the football in Felipe Franks. So um, I think they'll be well balanced tomorrow. So, um, I mean, Saturday – so I think it's going to be a really good game. You know, scheme-wise, um, for, for Georgia's defense, I mean, I, you know, you, you, you would think it's probably going to be a little bit more of a run-heavy scheme uh, with Arkansas, given what Sam, Sam Pittman does. What else do you see uh, as far as defending Arkansas uh, with their wide receivers uh, and their passing game? What, what kind of things stand out to you in that? Um, well, you know, Kendall Browse is their offensive coordinator, so um, they're going to be more spread out. It's not going to be the traditional – Arkansas team that you usually see. Last year they did a little bit um, with Chad Morris being the head coach. But I think this year with Kendall Browse, I think it's going to be an up-tempo game. And I think um, as long as the defense is prepared, which I know they will be, and we can match speed for speed, I think it's going to be it's going to be a tough task. But I think we can pull it out. Yeah, now you know one thing that stands out to me about Kendall Bryles is uh, scheme-wise. I mean, he's he's going to make you defend every blade of grass, uh, both both vertically and horizontally. He's going to use every inch of that field, um, and he's going to still even uh, even 
though he throws the ball a lot and he considers uh, fast screens uh, a part of the running game, uh, you know they're gonna have they're gonna try to control the line of scrimmage as well. And, and Sam Pittman's gonna bring that aspect of it too. And and so these linebackers are gonna have their hands full trying to stop Raheem Boyd. Uh, these defensive backs, or uh, you know, one guy that stands out to me. Uh, Israel is Traylon Burks. You know he's he's a he's going to be a standout receiver for Arkansas. I think he's going to do a lot of big things for them this year. Um, I look forward to watching him play. Hopefully they can hopefully they can get him the ball and hopefully they can you know well not hopefully for Georgia's sake but you know hopefully for their sake they can get him the ball and and uh, you know see what he can do this year. Uh, most definitely. Um, I got to talk to um, Coach Browse when he was at Florida State. We had a seven oh seven down there, and I got to talk to him. Um, and he's all about getting his playmakers the ball. Um, I actually coached Marion Terry when he was at Turner County. Um, he's received big receiver down there at Florida State. And uh, he says, finding a ways to get your playmakers the ball. And uh, one thing that he does do well, he does get the ball to his playmakers. And, uh, we just got to come up and make plays. Um, same thing, like I say that because our defense, too, we just got to make plays on the defense side of the ball. Um, if you can control the line of scrimmage, you know, stop those short passes, like you say, which are all part of the run game for him. Uh, I think it'll be a long night for Arkansas and a good night for the dogs. Absolutely. And I think a good weapon for the dogs, uh, especially stopping the run. I mean, you have, uh, well, both our weapons at safety are going to help us in, in both of those regards because Richard LeCount can play that center field uh, safety if you want to go cover one. And uh, Lewis Seen can come down and play the run. So, and, and he's good enough to cover slot receivers and tight ends um, and man coverage as well. So, you know, Lewis Seen is somebody I think is going to be a secret weapon. He's going to be one of those. Um, he's this year's, I guess you call him sleeper. Um, he mm-hmm. had a breakout in the, in the bowl game. What do you think about Lewis Seen? What you know? What, what do you what do you like about his game? You know, all coaches love a guy that can cover and hit. You know, um, if you got a strong save that loves to hit, he's essentially just a linebacker that can cover. You know, and that's what you want, especially against a team that can run the football. And and with Richard, you know, he's an all SEC All American type safety as well. Um, having those two back there, um, especially with Richard being your quarterback in the back end, is great. You know, whenever you got experience at your safeties, and we've seen it um, with a mentor and uh, Greg Blue and all those guys, mm-hmm. when you got confidence in your guys in the back end back there, you can do whatever you want to on in the front. Um, so uh, having those guys is huge, and having guys step up, um, especially young guys who, like you said, had a breakout um, game in the bowl game last year, having those guys step up. You know, give uh, your coordinator and Coach Smart some confidence going into this first game, especially with everything that's been going on. It's huge, huge, especially going on the road in Fayetteville against a very good Arkansas team. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, one another guy that gives me a lot of confidence is Eric Stokes um, at the cornerback spot. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched Stokes a lot last year. Um, they put him on uh, a lot of teams' the best receivers, and, you know, that's a compliment to him, mm-hmm. um, just like they did Baker. So, you know, whenever you got guys like that, whenever you, whenever you're skimming somebody, you know, hey, I can put my best corner on this guy, and I don't have to worry about it. Um, it's very, it's very, um, what's the word? Uh, very reassuring for a coordinator. Yes, that's it. Very, very reassuring for a coordinator, um, especially like I said, going into a season that was unsure, and now we get to play. Um, so they're gonna make mistakes, you know, because it's the first game of the year, um, but. Um, having that depth and those veterans back there is huge. Yeah, I mean, you know, rotating so many guys in and out, I mean, there, I think there was 22 or 25 uh, guys that got 100 snaps last year. That's going to that's gonna come through huge, especially at the linebacker spot. I mean, you got Quay Walker, N'Kobe Dean uh, joining um, 
joining already veteran uh, Monty Rice, who who's a absolutely dominant force against the run. Then you have your outside guys, uh, Ojalari and uh, Nolan Smith, who Ojalari is more of your defensive end and Nolan Smith is more of your outside linebacker. So if they were to go even front, Ojalari would come down and Nolan Smith would kind of play the perimeter as the uh, as the outside linebacker. So, I mean, this linebacking core is nothing to – you know, nothing to scoff at. I mean, these guys are, are scary good. And N'Kobe Dean is probably one of the best athletes I've seen um, as a linebacker. Yes, this defense is fun to watch. I, I love watching them play. I love the way they go to the football. Um, I love the way they communicate. Um, and that's the big part uh, is communication. You know, when you got Monty Rice patrolling the middle of the field, getting out the calls and those guys playing balls to the wall, you know, that's great. And that's what you want to see. That's the old junkyard dog defense. Uh, that we're used to seeing at Georgia, and it's, I'm excited to watch him play. Well, we know what we're going to get in the defense. Um, and one one last thing I want to bring up to you, did you ever see that that viral uh, clip, or it, it might have been just viral in the sports world or college football world, but of Jalen Carter, true freshman, nose guard, they were doing board drill, and he went up against yes, Trey Hill? Yes, I did. Yes, my I did. God. I loved I mean, every minute of it. And like that, I said, my guy, a freshman. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was Larry Munson in my head all over again. Oh my, my God, a freshman. Um, he yes, just, and, I mean, he just bullied him. It was, it was yes, outstanding. With, with he'll be in the starting center and, and you going against that kid every day, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. sky's the limit for both of them. Yeah. Um, so there, there shouldn't be anybody that he'll goes up against that he shouldn't dominate, especially going against that caliber. And he's just a freshman. Yeah, I mean, Jalen Carter, I mean, and then when he's not going against Jalen Carter, he's going against Jordan Davis, who I think yeah. is going to be, you know, a day three NFL pick at nose guard. Most and, definitely. Most so, definitely. I, I love watching the big men go to work. Love watching them go to work. It's a thing of beauty. But, uh, you know, we like I said, we know what we're going to get in the, in the defense. They're going to be fast. They're going to be physical. They're going to fly around. They're going to they're gonna play like a veteran defense and do things that veteran defenses do, which is disguise coverages and, and bring pressure. So um, let's talk offense. Um, you know, there, there's so many question marks on the offensive side of the ball, starting with the quarterbacks. Uh, looks like Dewan Mathis, um, by virtue – at least by virtue of JT Daniels not being clear, um, if he didn't just outright win the job uh, altogether, um, that will be remain to be seen. If JT Daniels gets cleared and Dewan Mathis still starts, then we know that Dewan won it outright. So, uh, what does Dewan bring to the table? Do you think? Um, Dewan brings something that we hadn't had in a while since DJ Shockley was there, and that's the ability to throw and run, um, be able to make plays with his feet, and I think that's something that Georgia's been missing. That's that one missing key. Um, that we haven't had in a long time. Um, but like you say, if you run it out right, you know, that that's awesome. That's awesome mm-hmm. for what he went through and to win that job outright, which I, I personally believe that he wanted that right, even if Daniel was okay. Um, but having Daniels to back him up as well um, is yeah. huge as well. Um, hopefully he gets cleared. Um, heaven forbid something happens to Mathis, but um, Mathis goes out there and shows what he can do. Um, and I'm excited. I'm excited to see him play, and I'm happy to see him play as well. Yeah, he's going to at least get to showcase something, and you know, I think he's got, you know, he's got a lot of dual threat capabilities. And and just because he's, I think a lot of people get confused with when you say dual threat, they think, well, he's not much of a thrower. He's kind of, you know, people think of the high school version of the dual threat quarterback, which you know, a lot of you know, a lot of smaller schools, you just take your best athlete that can throw a little bit and put him back there and just let him wreak havoc. Which at the college level, that's not true. Um, you know, he was committed to Ohio State at one point, and, and I don't know mm-hmm. about you, but I think Ohio State, I think they've figured out how to evaluate quarterbacks at this point. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think they figured out. They got a good one over there. 
Um, but at, at the same time, you know, with Lamar Jackson, you know, they wanted to move him to receiver when he went to the NFL. But now That's he's lighting it up at, quarter, at quarterback at Baltimore. Yeah, I'm you know, so glad um, he's doing that. I think they did a great job. That office coordinator and Harbo did a great job of changing their offense to fit what he does best, mm-hmm. um, whether it's running the ball, where there's, and he's becoming a, a better passer every day. Um, mm-hmm. He showed that last year, making plays on the run with his arm and with his feet. So, like I say, if you got a dynamic quarterback that can do that, then, you know, sky's the limit for your offense. Yeah, I mean, there was a clip. It was, I think, SEC inside. Uh, it was a little clip where Dewan uh, he threw an absolute pellet. Uh, to the sideline, I, I forget who was who was on the other end of it, but he threw a he threw a pellet to the sideline on the run. Uh, of course, getting pressure from our defense, but um, he was on the run, threw one, uh, put it in a tight window. So that leads me to believe that he's got some good arm talent and he's got some good accuracy, and, and he can make he can make any throw you want him to make. So I'm excited to see him, man. Um, you know, I, I can't wait. DJ Shockley was one of my favorite quarterbacks. I played against him in high school. I was a junior. He was a senior uh, at North Clayton, and I was uh, a junior at Fayette County, and, and we they were in our they were in our region, so we, we played against him. And uh, you know, seeing DJ uh, roll to his left, uh, turn his turn his body, uh, turn his shoulders, and just flick one seventy five yards down the field was you know something that was amazing to see, and then to see him uh, do what he did in the year that he finally got to start. Uh, that was that was incredible, and I think we would I think we had had a chance to go into the national championship that year. Um, had he not gotten hurt against Arkansas, mm-hmm. speaking of, uh, had he not yeah, gotten hurt Arkansas. against Arkansas and, and, and missed the Florida game, I think we win that Florida game. Uh, and then I think, you know, given what happened in the SEC championship, I think we're sitting in the BCS national championship against USC instead of maybe Texas, or maybe we're playing against Texas instead of USC. I don't know how that would have shaken out, but mm-hmm. um, that was a crazy that was a crazy season uh, altogether as far as uh, that national championship was one of the best national championships ever. But um, yeah, that was that's a classic one right there. So yes, absolutely. I mean, I watched that the other day. Uh, it was on a few weeks ago now, uh, and I just sat back and watched it. I was just amazed at you know it's it's even good now, and and I know the outcome, and I'm still on the edge of my seat. That's when you know it's a great game. Most definitely. So uh, running back wise, we kind of know what we got production wise. We don't know what we got, but uh, you know, talent wise, we definitely know what we got with James Cook, Zamir White. How, you know, what, what are you anticipating a lot of twenty personnel? Um, with Munkin, I'm not. I'm not real sure. Um, I know he did some know, of that at that, Southern Miss. Yes, when you got them horses back there, you know, you got to give them the football. But mm-hmm. at the same time, I think if, I think if we spread people out a little bit more. Um, like the latter years of uh, when Coach Bobo was there and stuff like that, we just spread people out a little bit. Um, I think that gives us more running lanes, in my opinion, because um, when people stack the box against us, they know exactly what we're going to do. Um, yeah. Georgia's been a smash mouth downhill um, running team for years now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, you just never know what you're going to get whenever you go out there this this time around. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm, looking at, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, how the offense has evolved. Um, I saw a quote from uh, Karius Johnson the other day that said this is going to be um, a very fun offense to watch. And I'm looking forward to seeing that uh, Saturday at 4 o'clock. I am too. Um, and, you know, speaking of Kyrus Jackson, I'm I'm excited to see how he how he contributes. I mean, I've heard him. Uh, Jermaine Burton has, has made, a, made a quite a push at the receiver spot. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see how that receiver room gets into the flow of this game and and you know we know what we got in George Pickens obviously he's one of the best talents since AJ Green but um 
you know, what are you, what are your thoughts on what's coming in behind him? Um, we we got a lot of depth. Um, you know, as long as, as long as we can stay healthy out wide, um, I think it's going to be a great season for us um, offensively because um, you just give those just give those just give those guys the ball. Um, like like in the browser, throw them a quick screen and see what they do with it. Let let those guys make plays out there on the perimeter and uh, push to push it vertically down the field. And um, great things will happen. You know, a lot of teams that we play against, as far as Georgia, that's what they do. You know, they push the ball vertically. You know, they let, they let their quarterback have free reign. You know, throw it around and mix it up a little bit. So as long as we can mix it up, I think we'll be a lot better this year offensively and keep our defense off the field. Yeah, I mean, it's just about moving the chains and taking care of the football at this point. I mean, you know, the thing that worries me with the inexperience is that you travel uh, on the road, you know, probably one of the longest road trips in the conference, and um, new coordinator, things like that. So, you know, I'm imagining things are going to get off to a rough start, but, you know, I think you got to start off with some easy plays, you know, get get Zamir White going, get a couple to George Pickens, uh, maybe throw a couple quick screens out there, get some people comfortable. So, um, I'm trying to figure out this tight end spot. Uh, you know, you have Darnell Washington, who they call him the Big O. Um, he <laughs> looks like LeBron James. You know, he's about you know six eight. He's about six eight, uh, two fifty. You know, looks like LeBron James out there. And uh, then you have John Fitzpatrick, who's kind of more of your run blocking, uh, run blocking guy. So I could see, you know, I could see them, you know, interchanging and, and just trying to figure out, you know, how can we get a few passes to to Fitzpatrick and and how can we uh, take advantage of Darnell's big frame and, and get him in some run blocking a little bit uh, while also taking advantage of him looking like an NBA player in the passing game. So you know, when you when you have a tight end situation like that, you know. What what do you do as a coach? Uh, what do you do as an offensive coordinator to kind of get those guys involved? Um, I have a big tight end now. I got one that's about six three, about two fifty, and um, he he's a ball player. He can he can move around. He can go catch passes. He can block for me um, if I put his hand in the dirt. So that's just it. Just moving him around, uh, making him feel comfortable, uh, whatever he's doing, and um, just reassure him. Hey, you block. I, like I tell him all the time, if you block, I throw you to rock. Point blank. Period. You know, you're yeah. a tight end first. You know, tight ends are traditionally known for blocking. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I can also spread them out when we go trips and stuff like that. Even in, in our double set, um, when we go two by two, you know, he's split out wide. Um, and he can make plays, you know, on the perimeter. He can, his route run is really good. Um, so um, just giving those guys a chance to show you what they got. Um, as long as they can handle it in the, in the box, you know, like a traditional tight end can, I think, as long as they're athletic and they can move and they can make plays for you out wide, I think you got got to spread them out. Let the Bulls go to work. Absolutely. So let's uh, let's look at our three main keys offensively and defensively. So let's start offensively. What what are your three main keys for Georgia to have success? Um, one one for me um, is is spreading them out. You know, spread teams out. You know, open up some running lanes, um, pushing the ball vertical, um, and more so, uh, like you said, getting Mathis comfortable at the beginning of the game. Um, one thing I did this season, I ran a QB power, one of the first plays I ran this year, so my quarterback got hit, you know, because he hadn't been getting hit at practice at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so first thing I did, I ran like a little QB power, and he got hit, and after that he was fine, you know. Yeah. So um, let, you know, do something real quick. Let, let him, you know, shake the cobwebs off a little bit. Let him know, hey, this SEC football is time to go to work. Um, and then just, just stay within your game plan, you know. Don't get outside yourself. You know what you got. Um, stay on course, and I think we'll be fine offensively. Um, get those, get and get George Pickens the football. Him and those wide receivers outside, get them the football. 
as often as you can. Mm-hmm. I couldn't agree with you more. You know, just spread things out, get those guys the rock, um, and let's just be dynamic with the play calling. Don't be, you know, I think I think one thing that that hindered us last year and hindered Jake Fromm's development was that we were extremely predictable with with what we had. I mean, you you knew based on situation, based on personnel packages, just about exactly what we were going to do. And and I think being a little bit more dynamic and being a little bit more unpredictable and and even shaking up our personnel groups and getting you know getting creative with James Cook, I think is something that's going to happen um, and going to going to make Georgia's offense successful because you know we're not going to be able to uh, with the inexperience that we have. I, I just don't think we're going to be able to sit sit there, load the box up, and and pound the rock at people because and you know you're playing a ten game SEC schedule. I just don't think you're going to be able to hold up like that. So you're going to have to get more uh, creative as far as how you distribute the rock. And you know Todd Monken might be the perfect guy for that because he is he is an air raid guy, but he is also an air raid chameleon that will adjust to his personnel. I think he's shown that with, you know, when he had two really good running backs at Southern Miss, he did a lot of creative 20 personnel type stuff where even if he was in 20 personnel, he might have gone, he might have given you some 10 personnel type formations, but had that other running back out there. And so, you know, I think Monken's going to do things like that, mix it up. When he was at Oklahoma State, you know, he was probably in a lot of he was in a lot of empty because that's who he had. You know, that's what he had. Mm-hmm. And Brandon Whedon was one of the the lead I mean the fact that Brandon Whedon was a first round pick is probably a testament more to uh Todd Monken than anything, just by putting him in some good situations. So um, you know, like you know, like you said, like we've talked about, let's get Dewan Mathis comfortable. Let let's get him a few pops and let's get him a few quick throws out there to get him in a rhythm and then and then let's roll. Uh defensively, uh I think Obviously, first and foremost, stop the run. Uh, don't let Rakeem Boyd get going. Um, you know, bottle him up. Uh, bring pressure on F- Felipe Franks. Uh, hit him and hit him often. Even if even if he gets the throw off and you can knock him down, knock him down because I think eventually those hits will start to take a toll and I think he'll get rattled a little bit. Uh, and I think he'll start getting a little bit uh, careless with the football and, and start turning things over. Uh, on the back end, just lock him down. I mean. You know, mix up your coverages, uh, play tight coverages. Uh, you know, you're good enough now to where you don't have to hold and, and get PIs and things like that. So just play your technique and, and play the ball and, and just go do your thing defensively. Most definitely. Like you said, just do your thing. You know, just just do what, what you've been doing the last couple of years, and I think we'll be fine defensively. Uh, we've played against Felipe Franks before um, when he was at Florida, so we kind of know what he has. and what rattles them and stuff like that. The only thing we don't we have now is that we don't have film on them um, right. to see what they do um, offensively. That's the only hindrance that we got. But, you know, you got an experienced defensive coordinator in Kirby Smart. Um, so, um, helping out on the defensive side of the ball uh, with our D.C. So, I, I know they'll be ready to go. Um, but for them, it's just no, no dumb penalties, um, being smart. And, you know, um, for me, I, you know, be aggressive. Be aggressive. Mm-hmm. First game, you know, let, let, let the dogs eat. You know, send them early and often. Um, like you said, hit Felipe Franks a couple times legally uh, without getting a penalty and stuff like that. But um, just just go out there and ball. You know, our defense has been a staple for us for the last couple of years, and they've, and they've um, held their own um, for the most part. And I think just letting them go out let, – let those boys go out there and play. Uh, let, them, let them play ball. Absolutely. Just turn them loose, man. Just turn them loose. Don't get in the way. So, well, final score-wise, what is your prediction? Ooh, I'm thinking, thinking like a 35-14 type game, us on mm-hmm. top. 
Um, yeah. I think our defense is well enough to stop them. They're going to give up a little bit, especially, you know, it's the first time we're seeing them. Like I said, we hadn't had film on them. Right. Um, so we don't know what they got. But I think I'm thinking like a 35-14, uh, 35-21 type game um, Saturday. And I know I, I said earlier about 20-point losses and stuff like that. But our defense is pretty dang sporty. Mm-hmm. Um, if we can, you know, put some drives together on offense, you know, get in the rhythm, you know, get those guys some confidence um, on the offside of the ball, I think we're going to be pretty good. Yeah, I think it's going to be tough sledding first half. I think you're going to see a tighter ball game than than you're expecting in the first half. People, a lot of people, will be scratching their heads, going, "Wow, we're struggling with Arkansas." But um, I, I think you know the, the score. I agree with your score. I think it's going to be about 35-10, somewhere in that range. I, I think Arkansas is going to get all their points early uh, because we just don't know much about them as far as what they do. And they've got some playmakers that will uh, that will make a few plays early on, but like Georgia does, we will adjust, and then our offense will get in a rhythm. Uh, probably second half will start to pull away, and, and you know, thirty-five, fourteen, thirty-five, ten, somewhere in that range. Um, and and I think you'll see a comfortable, uh, comfortable second half, and uh, some guys really starting to emerge and 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 doing things and and getting ready for uh, the Auburn game uh, the following week. So uh, that's. That's my uh, that's my prediction. So I think you and I share similar similar score uh, predictions in that Most regard. Most definitely. Most so. definitely. Well, is there any other games? Uh, let's you know we'll, we'll go through and make our picks. We'll go through and, and run through and uh, pick some of these games, preview some of the other games in conference, and uh, you know we'll make our picks so that uh, you know when we go back and look at it on Sunday, we can say I was right on that, wrong on that, way <laughs> off on this, way off on that, or man, I was spot on on that. So. Um, Let's start off with uh, Auburn, Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky is seven and a half point underdogs on the road at Auburn. What are your thoughts on this one? Um, I think I think that's that's pretty close. I think Auburn returns pretty much everybody offensively, um, and their quarterbacks uh, really good, really good. And that defense is always going to be good. So um, I think that's pretty close. Um, at the end, I think it's going to come down off of who can score offensively. Um, which makes it, which is going to make that seven point difference. Um, but you know, Coach Stoops going to have him ready to play. Mm-hmm. He's going to have him ready to play. And just like a couple of years ago when Kentucky shot Florida in the swamp, you know, there, there's always a possibility. Um, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to say it's going to be maybe seven, three to seven point game, like, like they said. Um, I'll, I'll give them seven points. I think um, Auburn ends up pulling it off at home. Um, but like, a, and just like an Arsenal game, how well are they going to play without fans in the stands? Um, right. is the main part. We we've seen it so far. Most teams have adjusted well. Um, but you know, it's SEC football, and you know, SEC is the mecca of having fans and um, the pandemonium of seeing when you come out and you just see fans everywhere and everybody cheering and stuff like that. So it's going to be the team that who who can mentally handle it. Um, but I think Arkansas. I mean, I think Auburn pulls it off in the end. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm taking Kentucky uh, mostly because of the points. But, you know, I, I kind of think they're going to win outright. I think Auburn is a team that, um, A, is going to have a hard time adjusting not having fans in the stands because if there's if there's a team in the conference um, that really thrives on that fan interaction and that fan uh, fan juice, I guess you could say, it's the Auburn mm-hmm. Tigers. And, uh, and when you don't have that, it might be a little weird. But, uh, you know, I think both defenses are really good, so it's going to be a tight ball game. Nonetheless, I think it's going to be a battle of who who wins the line of scrimmage, who can control the line of scrimmage. I think Kentucky's D line 
versus Auburn's offensive line is going to be a key matchup. So if Auburn wants to have success, they've got to find a way to neutralize Kentucky's defensive line. I think that's going to be a tough task for them to do. Kentucky finally has a quarterback, Terry Wilson. He's back from injury. I think they actually have somebody that can throw the ball, not just Lynn Bowden, who's going to take the snap and, and run, and you know what he's going to do. And they still won 10 games doing that, but yeah, um, that's the scary part. So uh, Stoops has done a tremendous job there. I think Kentucky's going to win outright, um, but I definitely, if Auburn's going to win, Auburn's going to win a tight game, so I'm taking Kentucky either way. So let's uh, let's take a look. Texas A&M is hosting Vandy. Vandy's 30.5-point favorites. I just have a hard time thinking Texas A&M or any team in this conference is 31-point favorites over anyone else in this conference, no matter how bad you are. Most definitely. I think um, Vandy's defense has traditionally been pretty good. You know, um, The one thing that they haven't had is an offense that keeps that defense off the field. Vandy's defense is going to keep them in the game um, no matter what. It's just how much are they on the field is the problem. Yeah. Um, so – um, if Texas A&M's defense is pretty sporty and Vandy can't move the ball, it would be a long night. But um, I feel like Derek Mason has a little has a little something under his sleeve for him. Um, I think he I think he's he's trying to right that ship over there um, a little bit. Um, but thirty points is a lot. Um, I don't I don't see thirty an SEC game getting blown up by thirty points is just amazing to me if it happens. But you know, it, it can. It can. But um, I think Vandy's defense is going to keep them in the game. Um, if the offense can get some movement um, and score a couple of points, I think it's going to be a little bit closer than people think. Yeah, I mean, I think if Vandy can take care of the ball, which I think true freshman Kenny Seal is going to get uh, going to get the initial nod. I still think they're going through some quarterback competition stuff, but I think Ken Seal is going to get going to get the nod. So they have a true freshman starting a quarterback, but they have two brand new coordinators. Which I don't know if you watched much of Louisiana Tech last year, but Todd Fitch is uh, the brand new offensive coordinator there at Vandy, and you know he has. I, I listened to him at the Glazier Clinic when when they came to Nashville. And uh, right before everything got shut down for COVID, um, I was able to listen to him talk about passing game stuff. And, you know, he is the master uh, or he's one of the he's really good. I wouldn't say he's the master, but he's really good at um, making simple passing concepts look extremely complicated. Like if you watch Vandy on film as an outsider, you would think they had probably 40 something uh, concepts. But in reality, they have. Uh, six concepts for the outside guys and six uh, complementary concepts for the inside guys, and they just tag and mix okay. and match. And so it's super yeah. simple to, to, to learn. So I think they're going to play fast. Uh, defensively, Ted Roof, you know what he's going to do. He's going to bring pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's going to and, – and you just don't know. Uh, he's just going to go based on his personnel. That That's his defense, his personnel. And so they're going to be they're going to be tough to contend with, I think, and they're going to they're going to give Texas A and M some fits. I, I don't know, um, you know, if if this thirty one and a half point spread is, uh, I, I think it's easy money, really, uh, unless Fandy just if Fandy has three or more turnovers, it, it might get ugly. But um, I think if things are are going straight up, if 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 it's even or Fandy has the advantage in the turnover battle, I think it's going to be a ten. 14 point game if if AM's going to win this thing. So, um, if I'm Vandy, I'm I'm extremely disrespected. Uh I have a chip on my shoulder. They're treating they're treating them like Rutgers, which should never happen. So, I'm taking <laughs> Vandy in the points. And I assume That's you definitely. are too. So, the CBS game of the week, uh National Ch- defending National Champs LSU host uh Mike Leach and uh, the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Uh LSU is 16 point favorites uh in that game which 
is baffling to me because of how much they lost. Uh, but then again, when you have Derek Stingley and uh, Jacoby Stevens still on your defense, you know, it, it, I could go either way on this game. I, I, I haven't – sometimes I'm picking LSU, sometimes I'm picking uh, Mississippi State. So uh, maybe you can break the tie for me. What do you think on this? Man, I don't know. LSU lost a lot offensively, a lot offensively. And they got a, a new coordinator in too um, mm-hmm. since uh, – what's his name left and went to Carolina? Joe Brady. Uh, but at the same time, you know, LSU is going to be LSU. They're, I don't think they're going to go back to the old two tight end running power the whole entire game. So I think they're still going to spread it out. Um, and, you know, um, although they lost a lot of receivers offensively, I think they have some guys that's, that backed them up. You know, whether they played or not is is too, is different. Um, but I think that if they just come out and keep doing what they're doing, um, I think LSU is going to be tough to beat. And defensively, you know, LSU is LSU. Um, yes. They got a new coordinator as well. Uh, Bob Pelini is their coordinator now, correct? That's correct. So, um, you know, he was good when he was there before. Um, so, LSU's defense is going to be really good. Now, we get to Mississippi State. You know, we know what Mike Leach is going to do. He's going to spread them out. And mm-hmm. um, he's going to be balanced. And his balance is 80% throw, 20% pass. Um, oh, yeah. But um, – they're they're going to be good. I don't know what Mississippi State has as far as receiver wise, but I think they're, I think they'll have a lot of fun in this offense. You know, if they can get going, um, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a shootout. It depends on who doesn't turn the ball over. Right. I think if Mississippi State struggles early, uh, this is going to be an interesting uh, interesting game. I think LSU will end up covering, but um, it's going to be fun. I, I think you know just the depth that LSU has. I don't know if Mississippi State has the horses to, to really hold up this this game might be tight for a little while and then I think LSU is going to you know I, I think LSU is going to barely cover um which you know that could be a that could be a 42-21 type game or a 42-24 type game. I think uh, you know I think it's going to be about a 17 point difference for them. Uh, so I think they got the spread right on with this but uh on a side note with a, with a uh, air raid type philosophy, and your best player on offense is Kylan Hill. How do you how do you mix him in, or how do you think Leach is going to mix him in? Um, I think Leach probably goes some empty stuff, throw some screens to him. Um, one thing you can do is spread him out, you know, zone, um, outside zone, you know, one back power stuff like that. So I think um, when you got a running back back there, that's pretty good. You know, you still have to find ways to get him the ball. Um, Mike Leach has been doing this a long time, so you know he's come up with a way to get him involved in the offense, where they're spreading him out, um, letting him catch the ball a little bit, throwing screens and stuff to him. So he'll get his touches. That, that's that's no doubt. Yeah. Um, but when you got a playmaker back there like that, you got to find ways getting the ball, and Mike Mike Leach is one of the best to do it. So I'm sure he's come up with a way to get him the football. Absolutely. Well, we talked about Georgia, Arkansas, Georgia, 26 point favorites. I just have a hard time believing Georgia's going to cover that. Uh, just knowing what we know, um, maybe if this game were later on in the year, I, I might would I might would be more in favor of picking Georgia to cover. I hope they cover. I just don't think they will. I, I'm taking Arkansas uh, to cover the 26. Uh, I think it's going to be a 24 point game at, at at worst case scenario. Yes, I, I think so too. I'm thinking 35, 21, something like that. Maybe 28, seven, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like I said, with everything that's been going on now, uh, with the uncertain the uncertainty at quarterback and um, stuff like that for us offensively. You know, defensively, they're going to do what they do and they're going to be good at it. Um, so, um, as long as we, like I said, as long as we stay on track and we do what we're supposed to do offensively, I think it's going to be a win for Georgia. 
Um, 26 points is a lot, um, but, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, they could come out and, and you know, I, I thought the uh, USF-Notre Dame uh, spread was similar uh, last week, and Notre Dame ended up winning 52 to nothing. So maybe that'll happen. I don't know. That'd be nice. Uh, <laughs> Florida, 14-and-a-half point road favorites at Ole Miss. Ole Miss debuting some new uniforms, so they got some they got some of that uh, blackout juice, but they're going uh, with what they call the icy blues. Uh, what do you think about this? I don't know how I feel about the icy blues. I, I like the I like the navy. I'm more of the navy guy. But you know, uh, with them having Lane Kiffin over there, um, you know, you know those guys are going to be ready to play. They're going to be excited. You know, he's an he's an exciting coach. I like to watch him coach. I lo- I, actually, I love watching Lane Kiffin coach. You know, uh, he's a player's coach, and that's what you want. Um, so you know, they'll come out and they'll come out and be ready to go. Um, so uh, Florida, you know, Florida's going to be Florida. Um, I think if Dan Muller can stay on track and those guys get um, get rolling. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be close. Um, I don't know what Ole Miss has defensively, but I know what Florida has defensively, and, they, and they're pretty good. They're they pretty good. They're picked they're pick to win the East. Um, so um, I think it'll be close. What is is You said 16 points? Four, yeah, 14 and a half. 14 and a half. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think Florida can get it. I think Florida can get it done simply because I don't know what Ole Miss has defensively. Right. Um, yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine uh, who is an Ole Miss. He has an Ole Miss podcast. Um, it's called Positively Ole Miss, and uh, he was, uh, you know, of course he's he's on the he's on the pulse there. So, um, you know, he's saying defense is going to be going to be outstanding. So, I, I think it's going to be a tight ball game. Uh, I'm just not a huge believer in Kyle Trask. I, I don't I don't know. I mean, I think he would be good in another system. I just don't think he. I just don't think he's going to quite fit with with what Dan Mullen's asking him to do or going to ask him to do. I think teams are going to start to figure that out. I think Emory Jones is probably more of a more of a fit for what Dan Mullen's uh, philosophy is and, and what he asks his quarterbacks to do. I think Kyle Trask would fit in perfectly at a place like Alabama, Tennessee, South Carolina, somewhere, you know, somewhere with that that has more of a uh, drop back, uh, fire the ball out type type system. And I just don't think Florida's that way. And and uh, once you start seeing teams figure that out, I, I don't I don't I don't know what that's going to look like. So. Um, I, I think it's going to be – this one's going to be ugly, I think. This is going to be ugly on both sides. Uh, and I tend, to, I tend to side with the underdog on these ugly games. So I'm going to take Ole Miss in the points. I still think Florida's going to win, but I'm going to take Ole Miss in the points. So Alabama, minus 27 um, against Mizzou. I think they're on the road at Mizzou. Uh, we have no clue what Mizzou has to offer. I know they have, uh, I know they have a, a transfer – wide receiver from I think it was Virginia Tech and so but I think uh, as far as the worst possible schedule uh, debut uh, for brand new coach Eli Drinkwitz I don't think he could have drawn a worse opponent than than Alabama to to start out with I mean I guess he could have played Georgia to start out with but uh, yeah so what do you think about this one does Alabama cover this I think they do. Um, if I know Nick Saban, I know he has a bad taste in his mouth from last year, um, especially how the season ended um, before the bowl game with losses to LSU and to Auburn. Um, so, you know, he, he's been chopping at the bit to play. And most Alabama teams, um, when they come back, that first team is the first one to get it. And Missouri just happened to draw that short end of the stick. Yeah. Um, but um, Missouri – His offense, you know, um, 
he's, he's coming from. I'm not saying that it's, it's not going to work in the SEC, but um, it's going to be interesting to see how it does work in the SEC. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Damon Hazleton is, is the name I was thinking of. But, I, you know, Alabama is one of those teams that they lose so much talent to the NFL. You know, you, lo- you lose Tua, you lose Judy, you lose Ruggs. Um, and, I mean, I'm sure they lost a lot more uh, than that. But offensively, you lose all that firepower. And you're still explosive uh, and still 27-point favorites um, in a conference game speaks volumes to what they have behind them. I mean, that that speaks volumes to what Devontae Smith brings to the table, what Jalen Waddle brings to the table, what Najee Harris brings to the table. And Mac Jones doesn't have to be anything special, and I don't think he is. Um, but he just has to get the ball out on time and and take care of it and get them in the right protections and let those guys work. Uh, you know, Tua was, Tua was a creator. And sometimes Tua had to create, and they, they did probably a little bit more RPO stuff with Tua because he could create. But I think with Mac Jones, I mean they they're good. I mean they'll do they'll do some of the similar stuff, but I think they'll kind of do more of get the ball out and and let's roll uh, with with Mac Jones. Whereas uh, Tua could Tua was athletic enough to be able to hang in there and 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 play the RPOs because if if it all broke down, he could move around with his feet and and make it make it happen. So I think Bama's going to cover this. Uh, I think it'll be tight for a little while and then they'll pull away um in second half and you, you'll kind of wonder why you made that pick and then all of a sudden they win by 30 and you're <laughs> trying to figure out how they how that happened so i like bama to hey, cover that spread. A, i like sarkeesian as a coordinator you know he does a good job of adjusting at halftime as well so mm-hmm. um, i think a, jones i think jones became more of a runner toward the end of the season i think i'm guessing he's probably gotten a little bit better so they can do some of the rpo stuff like they did yeah. with two um, so, like you said, it's just getting the ball out on time and making plays. Yeah, it was a tough spot that they threw him in against uh, against LSU, and um, that that was that was a tough one to, to really get your get your first start going. But um, here's uh, how about the I have no idea what's going to happen and what either of these teams brings bowl. Uh, Tennessee on the road at South Carolina. Tennessee three and a half point favorites, almost a, almost a pick them on that. So the point spread almost really doesn't matter. Uh, South Carolina, we have no clue, but um, or you might have you ha- you might have more insight on this because Coach Bobo's there and Colin Hill and and things like that. I mean, we know what Bobo brings to the table. We know what he can do as a coordinator. I just don't know that he's going to have the pieces to to really get it done, at least in the first game. So, what are your thoughts on this game, Tennessee, South Carolina? I think, like you said, I think Bobo figured it out. Um, I think he's already figured it out. Um, like I said, I don't know what uh, – Tennessee kind of got rolling there toward the end, so I'm pretty sure they'll be taking that momentum with them um, coming into this year. Um, I'm actually – I'm going to take South Carolina outright on this one. Um, I think uh, with Bobo being there, I think uh, Muschamp can more so be on the defensive side of the ball a little bit more. Um, so he, he, he'll he get that fixed and Bobo can handle the offense. Um, so I'm, I'm going to take South Carolina outright on this one. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take Tennessee uh, because I just think right now they have more uh, sure pieces than I think South Carolina does. I think it's gonna be, I think Tennessee's gonna jump out early, and then I think South Carolina you're gonna see them kind of adjust. Um, but I think it's gonna be too little, too late. I, I think it's gonna be about a four to six point uh, game for for Tennessee. I think they're gonna lean heavily on Eric Gray. And Ty Chandler in the run game, they have a you know, veteran offensive line, uh, even with or without Cade Mays. I think they still have a really good offensive line. Uh, Trey Smith is leading the charge there, so I think they're going to win, uh, just based on the fact that that I feel like they can control the clock better. Um, I'm hoping South Carolina surprises me on that. 
And uh, But I, I think you'll see South Carolina kind of grow throughout this game, and I think you'll see South Carolina be a really tough team by the time they by the time uh, Georgia rolls into Columbia next, uh, you know, next or back down in November. I think is it's in November. So, um, but I'm taking I'm taking the Vols on this. <laughs> yeah, our team doctor he graduated from South Carolina, so I told him this is the first this is the only week I'm taking South Carolina, so I'm taking them this week. Good, I, and I, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. And hope I'm wrong, but uh, I just think I just think Tennessee is just a more veteran team than than South Carolina. I think they just got more of a sure thing. So, um, well, that's going to wrap us up, Israel. Um, any last thoughts before we uh, before we go? Uh, no, let's just let's stay healthy and SEC's back and go dogs. Absolutely, man. Well, it was a it was a pleasure to have you back on um, in more of a co-host type role. We'll have to do this more often, and uh, you know we'll see how our picks uh, how our picks shake out, man. And uh, as definitely. always, as always, go dogs, and uh, also give them hell tomorrow night too. Yes, sir. Y'all too. Good luck. Absolutely. I'm I'm hoping to put up fifty a fifty burger. So <laughs> cool. All right. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.